When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It's October 12th, 2015, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It was on this day that Playboy magazine stopped publishing photos of naked women, which, of course, wouldn't have made too much of a difference to most readers anyway, given that, as the nudge-nudge-wink-wink joke has always run, most of them only read the magazine for the articles anyway. But, obviously, it was big attention-grabbing news at the time, and it's worth noting that even the staff weren't 100% certain about the move. The then-editor, Corey Jones, who reportedly proposed the change to Hugh Hefner, told the New York Times, the 12-year-old me is very disappointed in the current me, but it's the right thing to do. It's <laughs> just so disgusting. <laughs> well, you say the joke is always, I'm reading it for the articles, but actually the thing that did set Playboy apart from its other men's magazine rivals was that it, for a long time it did take its content quite seriously, yeah. to the point where Hugh Hefner once joked to a gathering of Playmates, without you I would have had nothing but a literary magazine. Yeah, I mean they had amazing fiction writers. They had John Updike, Doris Lessing, Vladimir Nav- Abakov, Michael Crichton, but they also had these incredible interviews. You know, they they spoke to Martin Luther King Jr. at the height of his fame. They spoke to Malcolm X. They had quite revelatory stuff coming out of an interview they did with Jimmy Carter. You know, they they really did speak to the big people at the big moments. And yet, this isn't about (laughs) the sort of uh, thriving days of of the 1960s and 70s, is it? This is about the death of Playboy magazine, because it did finally end its print run in March 2020. The company blamed coronavirus. Uh, But actually... At that time, people had, with COVID, turned to magazines in some cases because, you know, you've got the time to read a big glossy magazine. So actually, that could have been an opportunity for them. Instead, Mm. like with many businesses that closed during COVID, it obviously was kind of the acceleration of an inevitability, which we're seeing with this story in 2015. The brand is flailing around. It's profitable, but the magazine isn't. What do we do? Let's try taking boobs out of Playboy. Well, five years later, game's over. Although they did actually bring the nudity back. It was only for about a year that they stuck to this resolution that there would be no more complete nudity. Because at the time, the story was reported kind of from an angle that the internet has made it so that, you know, having full frontal nudity in a magazine isn't enough to appeal to a readership. You know, online porn is everywhere. But there was some other speculation, particularly by Josh Horwitz writing for Quartz, that the decision was actually motivated by the massive popularity of the Playboy brand, Mm. especially Mm. in countries where the magazine itself might not even be sold. So uh, particularly in China, I think it was something like 40% of the Playboy company's revenue comes from China, and it all comes from merch. And because those countries are more socially conservative there was this idea that if they can do anything to sort of clean up the lingering seediness around playboy coming from the nudity in the magazine that actually that was of benefit to the brand it's so interesting isn't it this show how we sometimes just through the annals of history accidentally juxtapose these weird moments you know yesterday we were talking about how really all virgin cola had was to sex up cola Uh, And that's what their brand was trying to do to carbonated sugar. 
And with Playboy, it's almost the opposite, isn't it? They're not trying to sex it up. They're trying to take the smut out. Like the brand for Chinese customers who want it on their gold necklaces, they don't even associate it with pornography or with even sex. Like it's about saying, here's a cool American thing. I saw another good parallel between the association from the powerful person at the heart of those two companies, Virgin and Playboy, and actually the way in which the sexiness that started out as being something cool about the brand aged poorly as those Mm. uh, billionaire owners aged themselves. And whereas when Hugh Hefner was a quite cool young psychology graduate, former military guy who was smart and obviously knew his branding and crucially represented sexual liberation like represented let's all have sex because it's fun and pleasurable not let's exploit women for pornography but as he sort of aged into this silk wearing pajama clad elderly guy who slept with five 20 year olds at a time that was no longer cool i think we touched earlier on some of the rival magazines that that proliferated in the decades after the launch of Playboy. So you had Hustler and Penthouse and then you end up having Maxim and FHM. The thing that made them different was that they all copied and in some cases surpassed the raunchiness of Playboy. But none of them ever tried to have that same level of literary sophistication. Mm. And so the overall effect really was just to cheapen the overall image of nudie mags. Well, loaded, I'd argue had good journalism in it. I mean, it was very laddish and abrasive, but at at least they went for good writers. Some of the FHM reader stories could really hold interest. (laughs) (laughs) I never knew that someone could approach you for sex in so many different random public places. (laughs) I mean, I, I do think, actually, it was the fact that Hugh Hefner, bless him, was still alive that was kind of the issue here in 2015. I think the hard business decision would have been to kill the magazine completely, as is ended up being the case um you know i went to playboy.com purely for research i can genuinely say this afternoon just to see what it looked like these days and it is notably sfw i mean you go to their website now and there are references to the kind of 1950s bunny girls Mm. um but essentially that's women wearing swimsuits you know and then underneath pictures of modern looking men and women wearing playboy clothes um, t-shirts, caps. It's less sexual in content, I would say, than, for example, Calvin Klein underwear. Mm. It is selling fun, but it's not selling sex. And I think that they knew in 2015 that was the direction they needed to go into as a brand. But how do you sell that to Hef? You can't tell Hef you're killing the magazine. So you just, like, emasculate it for five years until it dies. Mm. That's the magazine, not the owner. <laughs> <laughs> Never emasculated. I think it's more complicated as well than the idea of, oh, people just got used to sex being everywhere and pornography being everywhere. It was more about the fact that Playboy started with such a strong vision of what it was and who it was for. It wasn't, you know, there were raunchy magazines before aimed at men, but they were all very sort of aimed at rough and rugged men and the idea that, you know, sex was something you do to a woman. And here's a here's a cheap illustration of it. And Hugh Hefner was the one who brought in this slightly more, I'd say, even European level of sophistication in his first editorial in 1953. He described what the, you know, what we here at Playboy are like. He says, we enjoy mixing up cocktails and an hors d'oeuvre or two, putting a little mood music on the phonograph and inviting in a female acquaintance for a quiet discussion on Picasso, Nietzsche, jazz, 
sex and you can really feel the whole like look how sophisticated we are sex isn't even a big deal to us we're grown up people <laughs> it's it's fourth in the list after Nietzsche <laughs> I mean no one really thinks like that do they I mean who's in the mood for that once we've done Nietzsche I feel like it's not going towards sex from that direction is it although I have to say to be completely honest because I feel like that gave quite a positive impression of Hugh Hefner the misogyny was pretty upfront from the start as well. He, he did go on to say, if you're somebody's sister, wife or mother-in-law and picked us up by mistake, please pass us along to the man in your life and get back to your lady's home companion. Hmm. Yes, the strapline for that very first issue kind of belies all of that stuff about Nietzsche and jazz because all it says on the front cover is, the first time in any magazine, the famous Marilyn Monroe, nude, in full colour. Right. I mean, there's, there's no jazz and Picasso there, is there? It's I've bought a smutty photo of a famous actor come and have a look although at it. it was funny that <laughs> pervs <laughs> although it was funny that he didn't even put an issue number on issue one because he was by no means confident that there was going to be an issue two the idea that in 1953 he wasn't sure how many copies he would sell of a magazine that had a nude portrait of Marilyn Monroe yeah, come inside on. yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting, though, isn't it, that it wasn't under his tenure that it got more hardcore, which Mm. it did in the 80s, but that was under the tenure of his daughter, Christine Hefner. It was her becoming CEO in the 1980s. I mean, I know it's the era rather than perhaps her interests that pushed the magazine to compete with the likes of, of Penthouse and Hustler. They bought up Spice TV. They started Playboy TV. Hef always had more of a creative streak mm. than that. It was always about trying to present it as art. Um, and amazingly, he, <laughs> Hugh Hefner is buried in the burial vault next to Marilyn Monroe at Westwood Village Memorial Park in Westwood, California. What he said was, I'm a believer in things symbolic. Uh, Spending an eternity next to Marilyn Monroe is too sweet to pass up. And interestingly, (laughs) in the same crypt, you've got Dean Martin, Farrah Fawcett and Truman Capote. (laughs) What a a riot of a a crypt. are you telling me that you're allowed to just choose who you want to be buried next to and they'll do it for you? I think probably if you're that rich, the answer is yes, in California. Despite the fact he was the guy that basically took a nude photo of this woman without her consent and and put it on the front of a magazine and then said it was all about sexual liberation. He gets to be buried next to her. How would she feel about that? Yeah, she obviously died a long time before him and had absolutely no say in in that decision. My father is buried very close to Costco, which I imagine is the (laughs) equivalent for him. (laughs) (laughs) He was a big fan. Tomorrow he had four brothers. All four of his brothers served honourably without defecting to Nazi Germany. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.